Mistress, death, fae, monster. Does it truly matter what they call those they fear? Those with vision and the power to make those visions manifest. Sersha, if that was her true name, was one such a visionary, and her creation was plucked before it could truly take root. The gauntlet runs deep, and it will take more than an impotent forest spirit to draw it from the fertile loam of the Fogfin. Hey everybody, it's time to roll for intent. I'm your GM, Trevor, and I recently tested negative again for COVID. Hooray. Are, that's, are we still hooray. caring about COVID? I just yeah. thought that also, was that's everywhere. Good. Everyone Imagine, has COVID at yeah. all times. Just <sighs> stop worrying about it. Imagine yeah. testing positive for COVID in 2023. Come on, Trevor. Yeah, that's I pretty did. cringe. Lame, dude. Gosh. I was on. I so this this the worst part. Like, it would have been one thing if I was at home. Like, well, that sucks. I was 1,100 miles away from home at a job site. I had like the most awful travel experience. I had already said the previous week's travel experience was bad, but this one, I freaking, uh, <laughs> I uh, had a delayed flight for four hours. I didn't get to my hotel till like 4 a.m. And then I wake up the next morning and go and get Rough. my car, which was nice. I got an Audi. It was rad. Um, so I, I go and get my car and I get to the job site. I just feel like garbage all day. And I think it's just because I'm tired as hell because I was on a couple hours of sleep. I worked all day. I worked till like 7.30 that night um, from, you know, I had told the, the, the client and the representative that I was meeting. They're like, hey, I'm going to be a little late because of my flight. I was 15 minutes late to getting to the job site that morning, right? And I was there till like 7, 7.30. I leave. I tell Sarah I feel like crap. And she's like, hey, you know, maybe after dinner, see about getting a COVID test. I'm like, yeah, I don't think I have COVID. I don't have chills or fever, body aches or anything. I just, I'm tired and I have congestion, right? COVID tested positive that night, tested positive the next morning. Ugh. Didn't hardly sleep. I tried to go to sleep. I went to sleep at like 10 o'clock. Then woke up again at like 2.30 in the morning and couldn't go back to sleep. So I'm like, well, I guess, guess I'll get work done because I'm not going to be able to finish this job because I'm not going to be able to go back to the site. Go and get it, go to the clinic, get, you know, Paxlovid, which is m- magic. And uh, I tell my boss, I'm like, I don't want to sit in this hotel room till Saturday because that's when I'm going to be able to, air quote, be able to fly, you know? Just let me drive home 16 hours from North Carolina to Houston, stopped in Baton Rouge for like two hours to sleep. But I regretted that like about halfway into the trip. I'm like, why did I do that? Like I'm making that. Yeah, drive. I can't, I've made that, I can't I've made that imagine doing that. That sounds often. fucking miserable. I made that uh, drive that, that long fairly quite a few times. Right. But while you know, I didn't feel really bad until it became nighttime. And then all of a sudden, everything is like, hey, by the way, you're close to death. At about <laughs> 7.45, I started sundowning. I think I was on the phone with Jake when it started to happen. Like, yeah, my chest is starting to burn just a little bit. Yeah, no, we were literally on a phone call and I was in the middle of saying something. And Trevor's like, I'm sorry, I just feel awful all of the sudden and I need to go like right now. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> OK, I'll talk to you later then. Or like, not. like I had like a 45 minute conversation yeah, and then maybe all of a sudden not. he was just like, I, I feel like liquid death right now. I'm dying. I feel like 6,000 feet of bullshit stacked into a 5,000 foot box. I'm going to yeah, go sit in my hotel room. Jake's like, well, if I never talk to you again, love you. Bye. 
Well, no, that wasn't, I couldn't sit in my hotel room. I was driving, right? That was, that was when I was driving. I had hit like Alabama. I was at the Alabama rest area when I got off the phone with you. I'm like, yeah, I got, I got like eight more hours. I feel like bad. Are you sure that wasn't just entering <laughs> Alabama? I know, right? Seriously. It was, it was, it was, the, it was ent- yeah, okay, true. That's legit. Legit. I was gonna say you should have still just flown home. I mean, at this point, COVID at the airports just take a penny, leave a penny. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh I mean, my god. People are like that. That's really good. I was so annoyed by that whole flight experience. I was like trying to because it wasn't the, the people at the airport's fault. It wasn't the, the people at the gate. So I try to be very measured in my responses when like I get travel delays because I know it's corporate's fault for, you know, not tra- not having a pilot training course and not having enough pilots because it was a crew issue, right? So I go up to the, you know, I, I get the thing that says, hey, your flight's going to be delayed by an hour and a half. I'm like, okay, whatever. I got United Club passes and I go to the club. I actually edited the entire episode that we recorded earlier that day while sitting in the club. And it said, your flight's going to leave at 830. I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm going to pack up. It's eight o'clock and pack up to leave. And I get over there. And as soon as I get in, you know, the, the line to, to board, it's like, yeah, your flight's been delayed till midnight. As soon as I get there uh, and they wouldn't let me back in United Club. It was very sad. They're going to make me use another. Pack. No club members after 830. That's also true. Like after 830 or nine o'clock, I guess they shut down, too. So that probably had something to do with it. But still, what's the point of being a club member then? What's the point of fucking because closing in an airport with people with different time zones and shit like? I don't know. It seems like 24-7 makes the most sense at a place where you're going to be jet-lagged from another time zone. Yeah, right. Well, because the airport technically isn't open after certain times, because things shut that down. The only flights that are coming stupid. in super late are just yeah, like, like, delays. This the is like you mean the airport's where, closed. Yeah. Like, people are sitting at a bar drinking at like 6.30 in the morning, and it's socially acceptable. It should yeah, be right. open 24-7. I, I, I might not disagree, but that would mean that we should have flights that go 24 seven. My God, I just looked 40 years into the future and you are the old man outside of the old English tavern that is there when it opens. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he, he became a, a confirmed bachelor and just, you know, goes to the pub literally every day, every single Orders day, the same thing in the morning, some kegs and eggs to start the day. My guys are raging alcoholic. Tell the same stories to the same people. <sighs> Raging alcoholic now or then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 12 p.m. in Michigan right now. I'm, I'm already drinking. Come on. It's the Midwest. That's not actually, maybe. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> That's a Michigan summer. Going to the right lake there. to catch a fish or catch a buzz. I also feel like cosmic forces are targeting the cast of Roll for Intent. They know one of us is a piece of shit, but they don't know which one. So they're just taking aim at all of us one by yeah. one because... My air conditioner went out in 111 degree weather. Trevor's air conditioner, <laughs> air conditioner went, went out, out yesterday. <laughs> and I'm They're surrounded by you, Raymond. Where are friendly know, fire? Know, damn it! Go, go yeah, do something my, bad to Jake and Micah. Come on, no, my air conditioner <laughs> no. is still out. Like it's still oh, not working. Shit, uh. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's also like 80 degrees here, so it doesn't really matter. But I fucking hate it. I mean, Raymond, it it. Your your wife has become collateral damage. True, that's true. She broke. My wife is broken. <laughs> What'd you do to her? I didn't do anything. Actually, I did leave. I was on a podcast and she just broke in half. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'll get to you when I can get to you. Okay, I'm busy. Holy shit. <laughs> Wait, I didn't no, know. Seriously? So, that's a, no, that's a I joke. I, did, I mean, yes. Okay. 
But but uh, she's like, I'm sorry, I'm at the hospital with Cammy. I can't record tonight. Where? Oh yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had no idea. Uh, I I was. That's actually true. I so she was like, oh, I'm just gonna go to the doctor, and uh, I was like, okay, bye. Have a good one. And I started recording a podcast. I and mean, we use my phone for video. And then by the time we got off the podcast, it was like, can you meet me at the ER? And I was like, ooh, okay. <laughs> and I, so I didn't leave you know her. How but Kenny's back. He used to do this. He yeah. doesn't do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I learned a lot about science over the last week, guys. I don't understand it, but I learned <laughs> a lot of words. I learned a lot of things and I know where things are now. Share some words. I also learned why you shouldn't reenact the fight scene from uh, like the, the latest Batman film. Mm-hmm. You break Candy's spine. She goes to the hospital big, for five days. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I was wondering what would break first. The real thing everyone wants to know is, did you have to wipe her ass? I, unfortunately not. I didn't have to. Unfortunately. Okay. Well, Unfortunately, is, is that the only way in your mind that you can get even? Like she, like you owe yeah, her for right. the rest of your life until I, exactly, you have to wipe her ass exactly. back. Exactly, that's one of the things where it's like you know, it's, it's a life I debt. Just, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's rape. like I scratch your back, you scratch mine. You say, exactly. <laughs> you wipe my rape. ass, I wipe yours. Yeah. <laughs> Raymond didn't have to wipe it, but the new puppy got an experience. Let me. Tell yeah. You. Right. Oh, she's oh been trying God. to. Oh my God. She's, oh been, God. she's been trying to eat everything. I was like, here you go. <laughs> Oh, I thought that was a blue healer, not a brown one. <laughs> she doesn't normally have brown on her face, but if you look at pictures, no, yeah, she's oh. good. She's okay. They just, they were like, after they, after she went to the hospital, she, it's for any science people that listen to this podcast, it's her L5S1 and it's a disc extrusion. It's like a really bad herniated disc. Is that like the Konami um, cheat code? Yeah. L5S1 up, up, down, mm-hmm. down, B. Yeah, exactly. no, you got it. That one. Um, yeah. Cool. Got and, it. And awesome. uh, after they figured out what it was, they were like, either surgery or not surgery. And they're like, you're young, let's not do surgery. And then they were like, let's give you every drug that has ever been invented. And she takes, <laughs> she takes 17 pills a day, right? Nine plus five plus four. 18 pills. That's 18. That's 18. That's 18. 18 <laughs> pills a day. Well, two of them, two of them are um, as needed. So I try to, I, I added those in because um, she still takes What the them. fuck does that mean? Uh, you, like take you, like them. you take it take like you need it, Micah. Yeah. <laughs> it's self-explanified. What do you mean? What does that mean? Physicist yeah, Micah, you don't I'm understand sure what take is needed means? As needed. I mean, I kind of feel like all pills are take as needed. But yeah, sure. But just I'm, just like, exactly. I'm just imagining Raymond like, hey, I've got some like prescription strength drugs here. I'm just going to like wing it. I don't know. <laughs> Give it to her what she feels like. It. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let me take those. Oh my God. My favorite one is this, and I'm blocking out the rest of the name. But this is just what I say, and it says meth tablets. And I'm like, let's give you some of these, babe. This is a <laughs> pack. Sarah made me to stop, yeah. stop saying that I forgot to take my math when I forgot to take my Adderall because she's mm-hmm. afraid the kids are going to be like, my daddy takes math. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which would be par for the course for this area, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. My problem is people are like, what drugs does she take? And I'm like, oh, this was great. This is really, actually, really funny. I'm on the phone with my mom. So we just, we obviously have the new puppy, but my family dog is this 13 year old golden retriever who's like, Aww. love him to death. But I'm like, why are you alive? You're, he's so old. <laughs> his joints hurt. His like muscles hurt everything. And he's like almost blind and deaf. Like he's, he's not doing too hot. Um, and he hasn't been for like a year. I'm on the phone with my mom. I'm reading all the medications that she's taking. And she, I'm like, so she's taking Ibutylenol. She's taking, you know, folic acid. She's taking meth. She's ta-. My mom's like, wait, 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 wait. 
what? And I was like, oh, so I can't pronounce it. But Did it's you called say meth. Tylenol? And she's like, yeah, all right. And That's then I so go, bad for oh, she's taking, she's taking gabapentin. And she goes, Tucker takes that. And I was like, what? She's like, yeah. And I was like, well, babe, you and my 13-year-old golden retriever are taking the same medicine. And she's like, kill me now. I don't want to be alive. Anyway, everybody, uh, Raymond is single now, in case you were wondering. Yeah, right. so. <laughs> single and yeah. looking. Single so, and uh, I, yeah. single and I have a bunch of drugs in my house. If you're into that kind of thing, you can come over. We can have a great time. God damn. <laughs> you ever do DFT? <laughs> do all the letters. Yeah. Yeah. Just say, do all come the letters. Over, we'll do all the letters. Come over, we'll do all the letters. All just right, not sex. Now that we I'm start. not into that. Nope, sex is out of the out of. It's the out. Quest. Nope. It's child of the Lord, actually. In my Christian drug den, <laughs> <laughs> it's just all communion wafers that are stamped to look like the like only a Tylenol. aspirin we have here are meant for you to hold between your knees. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying where I'm from. When someone puts their body in your mouth, it means something different. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> Oh, no. Uh, uh, that's great. That's a good one. That's a good one. I'm going to remember that one. Hey there, podcast listeners. It's your GM, Trevor, here. It's been a bit since I did one of these, but I figured with 2023 coming to a close, it's probably time. Whether you've been here since day one, you binged our whole collection in a week, or if this is your first time you've downloaded an episode, Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Now, it's been a while since I've asked y'all for anything, but it being Christmas and all, we do have one thing you could do for us that would mean the world. Take two minutes and jump into your podcast app of choice and leave us a review. Stars are fine. Words are amazing. That is the number one way for us to reach more people. If only 5% of you dropped a review on iTunes, Podchaser, Spotify, or wherever, we would reach so many more people. If you haven't done so yet, drop on by the Discord, wolferintent.com slash Discord. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, gentlemen, let's get back to it, shall we? Because uh, last week ended pretty freaking metal i have to say yeah you were uh in a dance off with this cosplaying fae and her uh trio her entourage of dancers her troupe if you will i have a question what kind of dancing were they doing by the way because like in my mind in retrospect i'm just picturing like michael shambello maniac no, they were they were doing. I mean, if you want to picture it that way, sure. All the listeners, I can think that's picture. funnier. You know, it's what? like it's such a violent it's way up of dancing. To the listeners, up to the listeners, how whatever type of dancing you think is she's happening, maniac, that's what's happening. On the floor. They were just flossing, like it wasn't even good. I'm glad we killed them. Then. <laughs> They're like doing some sort of TikTok dance craze. Exactly. In, yeah. yeah. Right. In the, in the aisle at like their, Costco, and I want to yeah. kill them. Yeah, setting up their their smartphones at a public place and just disrupting everything. Yeah, just a bunch Round of ring light camera off a tripod, man. Whoop-a! Weird conversations and, with strangers uh, that are coincidentally mic'd up. You, uh, Aldrin has a little buddy that shows up, maybe a big buddy that comes and just like lays the smack down with his big demon gorilla hand arm thing. So we're gonna have to guy. unpack that one eventually. Uh. 
and you know you you did a pretty solid solid piece of work against the dance partners and uh freaked the hell out of that cosplaying fae and uh she went invisible and ran unfortunately for her big gorilla boy can smell things big gorilla demon thing can smell things and christian used the oft underutilized point out action to tell a billion where he could go take a bite out of crime malleus comes in and lays a smack down as well doesn't completely bring her down but she's scrambling to get out and then a prairie owl flies down the spiral staircase that is partially obstructed and none other than odafir shows up i was hoping you would say another type of owl this time Jesus Christ. I edited that out. Shut up. Screech Owl. A great horned owl. Blue-footed booby. (laughs) Flies down and uh, polymorphs back into his main shape and essentially just rips her in half. As the gods as my witness, she is broken in half. (laughs) Prevents her from polymorphing the way she wants and then forces her back into the bird form long enough to just rip her in half by the wing, by the legs. And uh, she, the constituent parts of her can't decide what they are, and they just kind of dissolve into a sludgy goo on this piled dance floor. And the room falls silent. Gentlemen, what do you do? I did forget to mention she was trying to get into a room that when she opened the door, it bathed this dance area in purple light. Is there any any ill effect from the purple light? No. Just purplish. Maybe the color out of space. We don't know. Are uh, Bill and... Fuck. What is Mike's character? Tacitus still, <laughs> like, dazed from the previous? Like, are no, we still... I remember last good. time we... We're not. You're okay. now. Because I was going to yeah. be like, Ooh, Tacitus, look at the light. <laughs> Go towards it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Then Bill would just then be like, Guys, look at the light. Oh, well, that's no. not the, my, my first concern. Uh, Aldrin, what... Is that uh, that you have yes, just Yes, I, I was just going to say this oh, yeah. demon that is like standing <laughs> right in front of Tacitus kind of shoves him to the side and starts walking kind of menacingly toward Aldrin. How dare you summon me to this pitiful world? If you weren't such a useless worm, I wouldn't even need to be here. And he like kind of raises a fist as if he's just going to like smash him. And Aldrin like instinctively goes to cover his head and as he swings this fist down he like just sort of like blows away as if he turns into mist and Aldrin's just kind of left standing there panting and terrified looking Bill would actually run up to Aldrin because he's his buddy he's like are you where are you you're up here like, are you okay? <laughs> where are you Bill can't move yeah where are you I can't see Bill would be like are you okay buddy and he like gets down on his knees what the fuck was that I, 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 I know, but I don't know. I've, I've seen him before, but it's a demon. I, it, it follows me. It's in my head. I can block him out most of the time, but not always. And Malleus, uh, sorry, go ahead. I thought you were done. Oh, and I, 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 you, you were getting, you were, it looked like it was going to kill you. And I, I lost control and he came out. I, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. And he he looks generally like fearful of your guys' opinion of him at this point because of this. Malleus is still gripping his maul and will look at Altrin and be like, is it a threat? And will it come back? 
I, 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 I don't know, but I, I, I can get rid of it. So, I mean, ultimately, it's it's not a threat. Good. But it is bound to you. Yes, we will talk about I, this later. We have more pressing matters at the moment. Oh, okay. Well, uh, before we move on, could I do a knowledge check on oh, uh, yeah. this demon baby thing? <laughs> demon baby? <laughs> demon baby. This yeah, fall. that's going to be demon baby. Yeah, yeah. That's against creatures, so you can use your full esoteric. Cool. All right. Rolling with a full plus 13. Uh, that is a natural one. <laughs> it's Aldrin, but just dressed is... up. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> His name's Steve, and he's actually a kid in a suit with a fog machine. Okay, like honestly, like I know that listeners out there are uh, recording our dice rolls. Do I have the most natural ones out of anyone in the Ooh, cast? Yeah, this right? is fucking ridiculous. You have natural ones <laughs> when they really matter. <laughs> Falling down the stairs, dislodging the salt trying to mm-hmm. sneak the bone out of the bin to not alert the poltergeist you that you're in there. I do get us into all sorts of hijinks, yeah. Yep. Wait, 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 you sure wait, do. Wait, wait, wait for the signal. <laughs> <laughs> With the door shut. the signal. Yep. Uh, so good. Uh, man. I, I uh, so the 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 I was um, not trying to like shut you down. By the way, Christian, I just think that Malleus would be more invested in the druid that just flew through the window and ripped that fake creature in half. Especially after you already said that you can control the demon and have, I guess, dismissed it for lack of a better term. And we can talk about that later because I don't think you're going anywhere. Odafir, I also don't think like, that he's totally on board with Odafir either. End of reticent to. Think the battle is over. Oh, Odafir turns and like like apparates a, like a freaking joint into his hand. He takes a hit. He's like, no, no, bring him back. That dude's metal is fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Total ass. I did picture Odafir like that uh hobgoblin guy from the Spiderwick Chronicles. If you've ever seen that. <laughs> Loves eating birds. <laughs> yeah, probably. I think that that's legit. That's why he but killed he, her. He, he's legit, he does. He does turn to you. You have upheld your part of the bargain. Weaken her enough that she could be dispatched permanently. Kill stealer. And now, for removing this corruption, I fear I cannot get closer than I am. He gestures towards the door where you see this bright purple light shining. One of the brightest things you've ever seen. Brighter than the sun. Shine bright like so powerful. The power of the sun in my three seasons room. <laughs> and uh, if you will do the honors, as I said, I, I am unable to deal with this particular thing. I believe it may be partially because it brought me here. I cannot interact with it. This is a candid event. I can't interfere. Right. <laughs> 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 the movie was so good. I don't care what anybody says. So good. It's really good. And I say that like there's some dispute that it wasn't a good movie. Everybody loves that movie. Yeah, I was just going to say, I'm you don't like pretty that, right? sure everyone loved this movie just like Fury Road. <laughs> you were the only one that didn't. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're fucking wrong. <laughs> 
I think it's got like above 95 on both audience and Rotten Tomatoes mm-hmm. score Fury Road. <laughs> and you look in there and, and it's hard to see anything but just purple. It's going to take a bit for your eyes to adjust unless you can somehow question stifle the light coming at you. What if my eyes are already kind of purple? How am I feeling? I mean, I'm really white, but I still can't look at the sun. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say. No, it's not going to help. My eyes are okay. Damn it. (laughs) It's just really bright. It's just bright and glary. You know, it's just you have to shield your eyes like you have to squint looking at a thing. It's very, very bright. I will approach the door then with hopefully my compatriots minus gorilla demon behind me. (laughs) Yep. I'm going to be right behind you. Uh, I'm not going to we listen to the door because that's demon up Wait. to the top out of the way. <laughs> There's two doors? Yeah, yeah, it's a double don't... door. I open the doors. When you look in and it's like a um, looks like a sitting room. Uh, like a like a like a tea room almost. Right. And in the center of the room, uh, this seems like this is the only room that hasn't been touched by decay. It is opulently apportioned. Uh, You can't tell this on the map because it's just a decayed, moldering manor on the map. But there is like a card table in the center of a room, like a like a Victorian card table. Like we brought out the good furniture card table, really well, um, well made, uh, very rich wood. The The fine china card tables. Exactly. The walls have. velvet curtains on them, much like the ones that were over the mirrors outside. Uh, the room is opulent. But there's a hole in the card table that takes almost the entirety of the card table. You look through it and you don't see the floor. You see like you're looking up into a bright purple sky. And that's what the light is emanating from? Yes. Okay. Uh, are there like are there features in the sky like clouds or stars or a, a moon no, or a it sun? Looks, it looks it looks like a normal sky other than the fact that it's bright purple and the sun appears to be bright purple as well. Wait, the sun and the sky are the same color? Yes. Weird. Don't question it. I don't like that. The atmosphere's weird. I think in my cartoon logic that Malleus would just plug the hole. Call it good. Put your dick in it. Put your dick in it. I don't have one of those. Just, just move turn over, the table I'll do over. It. It'll be fine. <laughs> move over, I'll do it. Like a portable move over. Hole. Well, if Super Mario 64 has taught me anything, I jump inside. <laughs> yeah, right. So, do you want to try to do that? Is it big enough? It absolutely is. Do it's it. about a four foot wide hole. All right, I'm going to uh, hold the hammer at my side, tuck my arms in, and just jump in straight up and down. Wish me luck. Wait, Blues could do, could, we can't do. Maybe, bop, 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 maybe bop, we bop. could tie a rope and lower his head in so he could look. Nope, he's already in. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, that is true. He could just like wrap a rope around my head and <laughs> lower my skull and through it. I'd be able to see everything. Describe how you're going to go into it. Are you just going to try to like hop into it like you tried to hop off the thing? Or are you going to like lean over and like kind of tuck yourself into it and, and crawl through? Because it's, it's facing up towards the ceiling. So my first thought was, like, I would just kind of, like, tuck and bullet drop feet first through it. But I love the idea of, like, slowly falling forward with uh, Dream On playing in the background. Why is I free fall? Oh, this is rough. Of all the people to do this, it had to be you, right? 
Nobody else spoke <laughs> up, and I love to do the dumb shit. The positive energy <laughs> had to be that one, right? Yes, I was going to say, into the positive plane you go. <laughs> I, I the positive plane was purple, you. and if it is, I'm quitting this podcast. I hope you know that. So <laughs> shoot your next words carefully. Plane. Just, just, just chill. <laughs> I, uh, you, you go to, 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 like, put your arm through it initially to try to, like, tuck into it and, you know, kind of tuck and roll, because you're not sure how gravity's going to work since you're looking up at the sky, and that's effectively looking up at the sky, right? And you try to push through and it gives you some resistance. Do you want to try to push through the resistance? Hmm. This place does not want me in there. It is fighting against me. Perhaps it is my undead nature. One of you try and see if it fights you too. Quickly! Oh, okay. Bill will jump in. <laughs> just just cannonball. So, Bill, Bill, yep. describe, describe how you're going to go in there. Bill is not jumping uh, like like Malleus did. Uh, he's a little more. Uh, he's got a little more battle knowledge, knowing we just came out of a fight. Knowing Listen, that you only live once, but not me. <laughs> true, very very true. Um, so, but knowing Williams, like I do have kids at home, so yeah, exactly. maybe we'll do something a little different. <laughs> um, Bill will walk up to it uh, a little a little more timidly than Malleus did, and I'll I'll pull out Alondra. And sort of flip her over, so I'm, I'm holding the uh, backside of it, and I'm gonna sort of sort of poke at the hole, just make sure it's it's gonna gonna hold Bill. <laughs> I don't. Bill doesn't know he's not that smart, but he knows not to run face first to it. So he's sort of gonna poke his poke Alondra. Uh, oh, by the way, towards it. W- w- while we're doing this, where and what is Odafir doing? <laughs> he's outside. He can't come in. Oh, so yeah. he's just outside of the room, the standing in the doorway, just kind of looking, just staring at you. Is he giving us yeah, like the thumbs yeah, up like, or does he look weary? Yeah, like yeah. what's going he on? He looks worried. He's like, <laughs> he looks worried. He's like, that is the source of the corruption. What are you doing? Stop. <laughs> so if, if you're poking at this, it does give you a little resistance, but just like, like the kind of resistance, like if you were running through like a, a like a banner at a pep rally, enough oh, okay. resistance that just a little bit of boop, you're right through it. Right. Okay. Bill strong. Bill pushes through. Dip the the the. I imagine you're hitting like the pommel end of the exactly of the uh, weapon. And as you shove it in there, and and like the the first like couple inches go in, you hear the (laughs) moan. Phrasing. Um, (laughs) The um. I tried. I tried to not laugh. (laughs) The uh, I did the eyebrow raise at you. Holandra is ripped from your hands. <gasps> Not okay. It doesn't go down in. It sits okay. in the center, being held vertically. And and we've already described this thing uh, as having like little hash marks in the in the handle, and mm-hmm. it looking like it's almost perpetually smoldering. Right. But the entire thing gets red hot. Even the parts that are wood looks like it's getting red hot. And it starts oh, to hum. <laughs> it starts to come. It's just sitting there over the, co- <laughs> over the course of the. <laughs> Is that what you just said? He said it starts to come. He said hum. A- oh, huh? <laughs> <laughs> You fucking troglodyte. I thought you were making a, a shove it in joke still, and I thought you were trying to get us with it. And I was like, did you just turn into white hot gum? gum. <laughs> oh my god. I've conditioned oh you God. wrong. Hey, it is early for me still, okay? I'm fucking 
Okay, continue. My apologies. And it begins to hum. Uh, and and over the course of like 30 seconds, it gets white hot and then goes down to like a straw gold color. I don't know if you've ever done anything with heating metal or annealing metal. Mm-hmm. But there's like different levels of how yeah. hot it is. And it goes to a straw gold. After it goes red hot, it cools back. It goes up to a straw gold and then comes back down and then gently rises up and then back towards you and just kind of hovers in the air in front of you. The Bill fuck? pulls out out of his out of his little pocket. Bill pulls out like a rag, like a little tattered piece of cloth and like <laughs> puts it on his hand so he doesn't burn his hand because it was just red hot. And Bill grabs Alondra from it from the cool base to the touch when you hold it feels confused. I love to imagine like you can feel the heat radiating off like the head of the flail, but in your hands, it's cool. Right, yeah, exactly. Right. Like when yeah. you hold it, it feels cool, but you can just feel heat coming off of the flail. Mm-hmm. Like almost like the, you know, almost like when you're 50 feet away from a bonfire and you kind of feel the heat and it almost feels like pressure on you. That's what it feels like. It doesn't seem like anything has really changed. In fact, you may, you know, want to make sure that the looking at it since since it all got red hot, you know, since there's linkages between everything, you might be worried that the chains might have seized together Mm -hmm. or something. Yeah. Bill will take sort of take it and he Bill knows every crack and crevice of this uh, of this flail you know like the back of his hand he starts flipping it over and he starts looking at it and he grabs the chains and and as he does like you know as he's learned his entire life he sort of turns and he gives it like a like a one big good like spin around listening for the rattle he knows every rattle of this chain perfectly and he spins it around his head to make sure that the ball is still intact the chain is still intact everything still sounds correct and as you whip that around you hear the characteristic noise or something else that goes along with it it's like the whoosh of an open flame. And out of it, across the room, shoots a gout of fire and impacts the wall across the room from you. Oh, God, did you guys see that? Oh. Oh, I didn't do that on purpose. I'm sorry. Did I hit anybody? Uh, Malleus will kind of uh, slowly raise the visor on his helmet so you can see his smoldering negative energy eyes. I guess it's not called that anymore. Void eyes. And will and will look at you and be like, has it always been able to do that? No, no, it's never been able to do that. Hold on, hold on, maybe, let me try again. And he swings it around again and, you know, has, furrows his brow a little and, and sort of gives it a flick in front of him and hopefully a, a, a fire ball, a fire streak of fire will shoot forward instead of just in a random direction. Yep, a bolt of fire goes forward. It's almost like uh, you're using a sling. Right, or, right, right. Or like it's a... It's almost like it's a, uh, a lacrosse stick. <laughs> think, I, I like to think of it like uh, Overwatch, Reinhardt's flame strike ability, where he kind of yeah, like exactly the hammer from the bottom. Mechanically, yeah, what's going right? to happen now is we've mm-hmm. talked about how I give all of you guys relics, and this is this is like a, a continuation of that. Your relic's just been upgraded. You can now use two actions to do a ranged 1d6 flame strike. Uh, it is uh, It has a range of 30 feet. Damn! I finally have range. I don't have Billion to throw has a range anymore, option. guys. Yeah. No, have to no, use, no, I don't have uh, to throw you have to things. use dex. It doesn't add any strength to it or anything. It doesn't yeah, add fine. anything to your, you know, rage doesn't work, but mm-hmm. it gives you a ranged 30-foot option for flames. Yeah, no, that's great. You can also yeah. just light shit on fire, too, from a distance. If it's, yeah, right, you know, exactly. To, or, you know, weakness to fire, I mean. <laughs> Bill's going to stand in the center of the room and just... <laughs> fire shoot at just all Just flinging directions. fireballs everywhere. <laughs> pew, 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 
It's like exactly. a fire ploy, and you're just like doing one of those like yep. dances with it. <laughs> exactly. Sweet. Sticks the pommel down his throat and just wiggles his head back and forth. It's like a sword swallowing flame dancer bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Can I add performance? (laughs) After after seeing that, uh, Malleus, being the one that was just next to you right there, looks inquisitive. um, And he pulls his maul back out. And I don't know if I've ever really, really described what this thing looks like, but Malleus owns only like two things. You guys have been with him for several days. And all of you guys have like personal affects, your pouches, your bags and stuff that you carry. Um, mostly because you're alive and you need things to keep you alive. Malleus really doesn't. So he owns very little. And he has his armor and he has his maul. And the maul is like, have you ever seen like a 25 pound sledgehammer for construction? Mm-hmm. Add oh, yeah. 15 pounds to it. Damn. And a long steel handle that's like made out of like nine rebar. You know what I mean? Like really thick, really hefty, really strong. And he'll take it and hold it by the handle and just dip headfirst his maul down into the hole in between these two planes of existence. I'm picturing Santa Claus's hammer. Yeah, from Violent oh, Night. From, oh, the, from Violent yeah. Night. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. I haven't so seen good. that, so I don't I don't know. So oh, good. That's that's oh, a fun watch. You need good, to see it's that. So good. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, like the way that I kind of imagine his weapon to look like, at least like proportions. If any of you guys have ever played For Honor, there is like a type yeah. of character you can play called Jormungander that mm-hmm. uses like a warhammer. And it's super okay, big yeah. and heavy and shoots people around and shit like that. That's always kind mm-hmm. of how I pictured it. It's bulky and unwieldy to a normal person, but Malleus and Billiam aren't normal people. <laughs> no change. Nothing happens. Nothing like what you saw with Halandra occurs. It doesn't get rested mm. from you. You can push it through with relative ease and pull it back, and there's really no change. I do it four more times slowly. <laughs> <laughs> While all of this is going on, Aldrin is looking around to see if he can spot the brooch that we were told was down here. Are you going to look around in this room? Is the plan? Yeah. So you just start. Give me some perception. Let's let's look around in the room, shall we? Perception? Natural 20. So 32. Damn. While they're doing that, I'll grab my mall back out and start to inspect it, I guess, and see if anything's different that I can tell. In here, you find all the accoutrements uh, for it looks like a lot of occult nonsense. Um you find a really nice deck of harrow cards. You find a mat for doing harrow on uh, some assorted crystal balls. And um, you see a, a, a strange stone. You find a strange stone that when you touch it seems to resonate in some way. You find a sack with 150 gold in it. Ooh, Ooh that's good. Mark that down, Micah. Uh, yeah, sure. Also find a small crystal. This crystal is like a pale lavender. Oh, like similar color to the light emanated from this weird plane. Less intense, but yes, this crystal is, I say it's small. It's probably actually about the size of like a 50 cent piece, like an inch and a half across, Uh, like a disc, uh, a little thicker at the center. Um, and it is not faceted. It's like a cabochon on both sides. And 
in the center of it looks like a a rotted tree. Very small. It looks like a rotted tree, dead center. In the like an engraving of, of a rotted tree or an actual no, tiny rotted like tree? like an actual tiny rotted tree. It looks like a tree that was shrunken down and placed inside of this crystal somehow or some representation of a tree. Oh, so a Jurassic Park, but instead of a mosquito, tiny rotted tree. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's almost like encased in amber type deal, but yes. Okay. And and this is, uh, it's not even in any place of honor. It's just on a bookshelf. It's just sitting there. But it seems important. It's out of place. You've never seen anything like this before. Is this something you're going to want to pick up or move or anything? Or the other things that you found, the, uh, the, the strange... Uh, faceted stone that kind of resonates when you touch it. Um, and then you have the, 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 the money and then some stuff for harrowing and, and uh, divination, gigaws. And then you find this strange stone, the strange crystal. Aldrin. Aldrin has this, has found this. Um, do I figure anything out looking at my hammer in the meantime? No, nothing's going on with your hammer at all that you can tell. Well, this is fucking lame. I break the table. <laughs> the 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 portal's still there in space just sitting there that's weird all right turns out there was nothing wrong with the table the whole time it was just right above it right? <laughs> exactly. it was just like half an inch above the table like what the hell Look at this table? <laughs> um i'll take the little you know, the crystal of the tree and hold it up does does anyone recognize this can i roll like an arcana or something on it are you facing the portal? Like, do you pick it up and hold it and, like, kind of facing? Yeah, I assume that, yeah, I pick it up and kind of hold it in front of my face as I'm, like, looking at it, but also allowing other people to see it, which I would assume have me pointed towards the portal. I don't know where I am exactly in the room. As you do, and the light almost, like, refracts through this, this crystal as you turn and look, the outline of that tree is magnified across your forehead. It's like it's it's almost like uh, uh, almost like a, a, a target reticle or something like it's being the, the light from this portal is blasting through this crystal. And then you have the silhouette of the tree is on your forehead and you don't really notice anything. But anybody that turns to look at you, let me let me get a perception if anybody's going to turn and look at him when he does this. Uh, yeah, sure. Natural 20. <laughs> nice. 18 Six for a sixteen. For a, Eighteen for a twenty-seven. Billiam and Malleus, you notice that this this tree is there, and you don't really think nothing of it. It's just like the shadow, but it begins to morph in some way, and this tree begins to take on the the the, the silhouette of this tree seems to merge itself with the silhouette of that creature that you saw in the room earlier, that seems to be connected with Ald- Aldrin. Uh, Malleus will point at Aldrin and be like, you got some shit on your face. (laughs) (laughs) That was very rude. (laughs) Goes to wipe it off. (laughs) What happens when he does that? If you move the crystal, what it looked like was a shadow or a silhouette was there, but he moves the crystal and it's still there. And it slowly fades into his forehead. Oh, Oh, uh, Malice is like, nope, you got it. Good job. This is a yeah, right. You've got it. It's gone. Kind of. Not really. 
tell me, was the Eidolon mark on your forehead always look like a tree? I don't know. I've never seen it. Well, I don't remember it looking like the way it does right now. Just to be clear, it's faded away. So, like, when his Eidolon isn't there, it doesn't manifest, right? So whatever was there has faded away completely. But, Aldrin, you have a powerful urge from this infernal thing uh, attached to you, from this fiend, to get out. It wants out desperately. More than you have experienced since the first time it bound itself to you. Yeah, Aldrin kind of, like, puts one hand on his head and, like, closes an eye like he's getting a, a really bad migraine. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry. He'll, ah, and he kind of like reaches a hand out to an empty space and summons the Eidolon out. Oh shit! It's back. Get it. Get it. <laughs> Every time you hit it, big bruises appear on. Yeah, it accidentally kills Aldrin. It looks confused as to why it's out here, bewildered even. Not like it wanted out at all. Like like you caught it on the toilet or something. It doesn't know why it's here. He was in the middle of Jack and a Shad. That's exactly <laughs> what it was. In Jack and a Shad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everybody turns and looks at him. What were you doing? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> he oh. turns and looks at everyone. Why am I back here? We just miss you so much. Tell us about you. He catches a glimpse of the portal and seems strangely fascinated by it. And the stone lifts out of Aldrin's hands, I imagine. It's still in his hands. He hasn't said that he dropped it or anything. Yeah, no, he pulls still out his hands and intersperses itself between the Eidolon and the uh, portal. And on its forehead, it gets the same symbol of the tree becoming monstrous, which then fades away. Oh, God. And with that, it just kind of tumbles back, still kind of dumbfounded as to what happened, and disapparates itself back into Aldrin. Hey, I have a question, because I actually don't know this Absolutely. about uh, summoners. Do Eidolons themselves get to choose whether or not they want to leave? Can you just be like, I don't feel like fighting today, and <laughs> go back in? No, no. It's right. uh, Mechanically, it's literally you have two characters. I mean, you the yeah. Eidolon does whatever you want. You this share an action pool to operate the character. Yeah. Micah, can you imagine summoning an Eidolon and be like, I don't really feel like it. <laughs> nah. I yeah, don't really play, feel like it. I don't really yeah, feel like it. Yeah, roleplay, you can do whatever you want. But yeah, there's... <laughs> the only actual mechanical rule is the actions overall belong to the summoner so if like we saw last fight if there was something that forces me to use actions that affects the summoner themselves that trumps you can't just give all the actions to the idol idolin and say oh i'm giving them all to the idolin the summoner can't do anything now you can do the opposite if the idolin gets affected by something you can choose to give it zero actions but you can't do that for the summoner gotcha Hmm. okay interesting so mechanically speaking, since it's not going to come up for a while, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you what happened. Uh, if you could tell by what happened with Billiam, we look like we're getting relic upgrades. And since this is Aldrin's first rodeo, he's just getting a relic. And it's attaching itself to the Eidolon. Uh, we are using some third-party gifts from our good friend uh, John Holmes. In his, He's got two sets of books that have relic data in them. 
and this is the fiend gift. So we're giving one that's a one from the, the game itself, um, called Curse Wound, which is a reaction that Zidalon's going to get now. Um, that when uh, he damages a creature, the evil within the relic, which is essentially the Eidolon, curses the wound to ensure it won't heal, and it must attempt a will save to restore the hit points that it took from the damage of that strike. So it can't heal itself off of wounds from the Eidolon if you use a reaction to curse the wound. And so uh, kind of handy in... Yeah, handy yeah. in the future for fighting creatures with, like, regeneration and things like that. They mm-hmm, can't exactly. regenerate that if you add this ability to it. So, And secondarily, um, and Christian, I know we talked about one, but I, I want to give you this other one just because I think it's really different. You can call uh, your Eidolon can, can rip its way through you and make an attack while it's still inside of you. If you needed to, uh, there is a gift, a minor gift called Fiendish Appendage, uh, which is going to create a temporary and deadly weapon from your body that does 1d6 damage. It's an unarmed, um, and if it hits, the target becomes clumsy as it's disoriented by this thing rending its way through its, your chest to attack it. Gives you some cool. extra options if something surprises you as well. Yeah, you Hopefully are that uses bit... the Eidolon's attack and not Aldrin's. Otherwise, it does. It Absolutely. It uses the Eidolon's <laughs> attack. Um, and you I like feel it. spent when this happens. Like a, a portion of your psychic energy has just been drained straight out of you as, as your Eidolon specifically became empowered. And you have to fight that much harder to keep control from it. Thematically, of course. Mechanically. Yeah. That's your he, he, he goes and sits down on this little daybed here in the corner. I, oh, I, I I need a minute. I don't know what's going on. And you draw that, that thing, that the, the, the cabochon, lavender cabochon drops to the floor. And was hovering in the space between the portal and the island. It just poof, clatters to the floor. And uh, here's something strange in the distance. It sounds familiar. You've heard this voice before. And you can hear, almost carried on the wind, like a distant cry. Can I die now? Can I die no. now? No! You, you say it's familiar. Who does it sound like? Go ahead and roll, uh, what's your intelligence? <laughs> See if you can remember. I'm, uh, positive it's the woman upstairs that was screaming she won't let me live, she won't let two. me die. Yeah, exactly. Take a guess. Yeah. Probably, yeah. This is probably the, this is sure, probably the downstairs I'll, version I'll of her. i roll for intelligence. Yeah, right. Oh, God, that'd be horrible. Uh, 19 for a just straight intelligence. Yeah, just straight intelligence. Yeah, 19 for a 21. What'd you get, Valley? Fucking 16. Total? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Tastus, you recognize, so does Malleus. You recognize it as the voice of the thing that was in the bed upstairs. Ah, yes. And it keeps, uh, yep. you keep hearing yep. that, and it sounds like it's getting closer. As if. Maybe the salt circle was disturbed in some way. Ruh-roh. But it doesn't sound like it did before. It doesn't sound angry. It sounds pleading. It sounds ephemeral. And uh, you can hear Odafir. Do you recognize this thing? And he's facing away from you. Yes, we, uh, we became acquainted very closely just a few minutes ago. Just more hostile. Look before. what he's going to look at. He's looking at something 
across the room, away from you. Is it a mummy? It looks like your regular old run-of-the-mill ghost. Huh. Kind of blue tinge. It's an incredibly beautiful older woman, probably in her uh, mid to late 60s. She is dressed in finery. Uh, She looks very similar. The bone structure looks very similar to Osef. But she looks full of life and vibrant. Um, Of course, she is, you know, a ghost. But, like, she doesn't have a strange pallor to her. Her cheeks aren't sunken in. She doesn't look drained of life. She looks, for all intents and purposes, full of vitality, though she is made of void. See, I did it, too. I called back. Wow. Wow. And she says, may I die now? And she is drifting towards you slowly. Roughly ten feet around, you could say. Very, very slow. Every six seconds, she's going ten feet. So she's just kind of wisping her way, your way. May I die now? She wanted this so badly. She's gone. May I die now? And she looks like she's grabbing something on her neck. And she reaches what is Odafir doing? herself. What was that? What is Odafir doing? Odafir's just standing and looking. He's like, do you know what this thing is? Like, I don't know who this is. Right? Before you die, maybe but you can help us find something. She, she reaches and she looks like she pulls something from herself. Like almost like this this mound of ectoplasm or something, and opens her hand, and it's like in Titanic, right? When the old woman is about to drop the heart of the ocean over the edge of the, the side of the boat, and she opens her hand, and like it drops, and it's still on the chain, right? And it's a brooch. Oh, perfect. <laughs> that is precisely what All we came right. here for. Indeed, and I'm going to reach out and pick it up, and. Uh, investigated or how does it look as she releases it to your care it begins to pull away from you and into the room and that purple stone from before rises up to meet it and then they kiss and when Odafir sees the purple stone rising up to meet this uh, he tries to place himself between the two that is the thing, that is the thing that started all of this. Do not let it into the room, do not let that out! Well, As the, the thing begins to hurtle its way towards the brooch, and the brooch begins to hurtle its way towards the stone in the room. Am I able to pull it away? You can hold on to it, let, let's get some, let's have some fun with this. Let's do some rolls there, shall oh, we? Boy. Is anybody going to try to to stop this? I was going to say it. Bill's Who's closest Bill, to it? Well, William's pretty close to it. I think all, all, all of you are close to it except for Tacitus. Bill have muscle. You Bill could pull. use... Anybody wants to try to do a reflex to grab it out of the air? Tacitus is already holding on to the other end. He's going to do some athletics to hold on to it. Well, if I can get a hold of it, I can use my athletics. Or Malleus puts up with Tacitus the most. <laughs> so he'll okay. go help him. All right, so yeah, you I can, can try. aid with the athletics check. 12 for a 22. Good. You're able to hold it. That's a reflex for me. For a 23 on reflex. So I'm going to let you choose. Do you want to try to bat this? What'd you get on the reflex, um, Malleus? 22. And you. uh, 13 for a 22. 23. 
Okay, so you both can try to bat this thing out of the air. Um, go ahead and do an attack roll at it and give a plus two to the attack roll. Okay. Oh, fuck yeah. Natural 16. Yeah, 13. Uh, with my attack roll, yeah, that's like a 32. Okay, so you're able to get, you're yeah. both able to get yourself in the way of it, but this thing is quick. Um, and Billiam, you got a little swing and a miss there. It would have been really hard for you to hit. Mm-hmm. But Malleus, perfect wind up and line up on this thing. He drew the line. He saw where this thing was going and knew ahead of time. And the head of the hammer smashes into this gem and shatters it. And this dead tree that was in the center embeds itself in the head of your maul and you see these tendrils of void energy begin to suffuse the head of your maul from this crystal that you smashed open. I love to imagine that like Malleus caught it like in a downward string swing like he's like to do. Like smashed it into the stone floor of this room. And it just kind of like moldered up and around the head of the hammer. Exactly. Yeah. So your your hammer so is it fair is the head fairly plain looking just like large and imposing yeah so it it does it looks like something that malleus made himself and he's not as good as a craftsman as he would like to be it's in good shape but the head is fairly plain like think of uh uh um fuck who's the american hero that beat the 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 train drill through the mountain um with his two hammers John Henry. John Henry. I, I imagine a hammer like John Henry's, you know, just like it's really plain looking on the end. It's almost just like a shaped piece of raw iron. So as you you smash it, these tendrils of void energy begin licking around it like flames. And it, it looks like it's coated in black fire on the head of it. You can't even see the mall except for glimpses every once in a while of it going through. And it begins to work its way up the hilt towards your hands, but stops short. And it burns like this for a bit. And you can smell um, if if any of you have ever been in like uh, worked with lasers or high heat uh, with metal. Like ozone smell? smell. Right. And you smell that. You smell like an ozone smell, like a hot metal smell in the air. And after about 15 seconds, these flames of void energy, these tendrils of void energy subside. And it looks as if etched on this mall's head is a design now. Oh. Scrimshaw. The design, uh, you see upon the sides of it, you see probably about a dozen um, gaunt figures, very skeletal, Mm. in various states of prostration, bowing towards the working head of the mall. And if you were to turn and look at the front of it, sitting on the head of the mall, is a figure on a throne with a crown of bone. Interesting. Do we want to get into what this will do for you mechanically now, or do we want to we want to talk about that later? Let's, let's, let's finish this. Let's let's finish this interaction we're having. We'll talk about that later. But I imagine like after that happens, like Malleus lifts them all with like both hands to inspect like closer to his face, and he can't smile, but you see like almost a giddy shake 
kind of in his armor as he's kind of looking at this. He seems the most frantic, but like not in a um, like anxious way. It is the first time that you've seen any kind of measure of excitement for Malleus. It's the most positive emotion you've seen out of him. And then he'll remember that Odafir's in here and we haven't locked eyes yet and I will close my visor. <laughs> <laughs> as you smash it as well, when, when this, this void energy subsides, you hear a sucking sound of our jobs being taken over the border. No, I'm sorry. I can't. God damn it. You're welcome. Ross Pro stands out there. You hear that sucking sound. So you hear like a, a, a vacuum, like a like a whooshing noise going towards this portal. All of the cats in the room run the fuck away. <laughs> and, and it doesn't feel like it's pulling you at all. You don't feel like you're pulled by this wind. It's almost like it's not wind. It's like a force that's enacting on other things. But you hear some cracking and crumbling. Oh, fuck. And the windows in front of you smash and hurtling through are those vines that have been growing up the side of the manor. Oh, no. And they're the first things to be sucked into the portal. Oh, is this thing going to collapse the building on us? Oh, the no. dancing statues hurtle their way through the door. I need to get reflex saves out of everybody as these things oh, try to fly through oh. these double doors. Odafir is going to roll a reflex save. Okay, I'm doing pretty okay on my roll. I got a 13. Fucked out of fear. I got a, I got another 22 for my reflex. Yeah. So. Uh, 18 for a 30. Time. Finally a good roll. 19 for a 29. Fear got... Okay, you're all good. Everybody's good. Oh, They're I haven't said mine yet. Wait. I haven't I'm... said mine yet. You look, you look real <laughs> upset over there. You got a 9 for an 18. Yeah, you're going to take a little damage there, buddy. You're going okay. to get ah. clocked by ah. one of these coming through. Not much. Ah, that's okay. It's going to be 1d10. Not much. Anyway, 74 damage. No. Yeah, right? <laughs> what are you at, Raymond? <laughs> it caves oh, so your first skull of all, in. can you give me... I, I would, it'd be way better if, you know, Trevor really didn't say much of anything. So, all right, so Billy, I'm going to need two saves. <laughs> right. You're going to take eight points of bludgeoning damage as bits of these things start to fly past you. And clunk, clunk, clunk. And after you get hit, when you, you realize that, that you're dodging out of the way of these things, when you realize that things are getting sucked in, you notice that Odafir is bracing himself against the door. He is also getting pulled in. No sooner do you notice that than you see the pair of Haldra hurtle through the barricade of garbage at the end of the room, smashing through pieces and parts flying all over the place of these bits, and they're grasping whatever they can to not be pulled into the portal, and they're being sucked in. In comes through the window the corpses of the Nuglubs, whatever's left of them. And the red cat gets sucked in through the portal. This is such a horrifying and hilarious slapstick comedy moment. <laughs> this is like, like body horror like the and high strangeness. <laughs> like right. it's horrifying, but I also imagine like the floppy like of their bodies like against the wall. Right, their limbs are just, are just like flapping. Just blood just flying everywhere. Right. The goo uh, that fuck. is made up of what was left of this creature that was ripped in half by Odafir sludges its way through the portal and just nondescript things things that you didn't notice things that were around there's this thing in the room that appears from nowhere it was invisible the strange little humanoid fey thing screams the fuck? and gets oh pulled my god it's tangletop <laughs> catch him it's tangletop you see 
what Billiam would have recognized as killed one of his friends. You see a small troop of tooth fairies get pulled through the portal. Oh, <gasps> fucking Jacob. They of all manner, strange insects you've never seen before, plant life you've never seen before, both benign and deadly dripping carnivorous flowers flying through this portal over the course of three or four minutes, ending with, you can see through the windows now, no longer obscured by the vines, the slick iridescent edges of the bubble contracting towards the dancing dryad. Well, that's got to be a weird thing to see in the distance. Yeah, right. It's 200 feet away at 175. 150. Odafir's been holding as best as he can. He's erupted vines from his body to burrow his way into the wood, into the hinges, try to keep himself in this house as long as possible. It is time for me to go. Thank you for what you did here. The Lantern King shall know of your assistance. Oh. And at once he releases all of these tendrils and flows through the portal and it snaps shut behind him. Uh, Malleus will slowly pick up his book from earlier and cross out a name inside of it. (laughs) Nice. The brooch, having uh, Tastus had been holding onto it this whole time on the chain, he hadn't touched the brooch itself yet. Now fall slack in his hand. What, what do you do, Tastus? You are holding this brooch. Dangling. Want to take a better look at it? Make sure this is what you're here for. I do, yeah. Is there anything, like, that clearly ties it to a Stephanie? It would be magical, wouldn't it? It would be. Like, that's... So are you going to try to take that's, a look that's, that's inside That's what threw us off from the last time, that yeah. it wasn't a magical yeah, sure. brooch. Yeah. You look inside of it. You open it. And there's a tingling at the back of your brain. You recognize this whenever the cloudiness goes away a bit and you're able to unlock a memory. Whenever something that is laid dormant awakens, you feel this. You push it back for a moment as you desperately inspect this thing to see if what you have done is worth it, if this is what you were looking for. And you see the holy symbol of a rastal and a single lock of hair. And you remember something you didn't before about your tome. Your tome has 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 these these bits scrawled into it in a language that you don't understand. But you can't fathom who wrote it in a hand you don't recognize. You suddenly recognize that it's your own. Your left hand wrote these <laughs> backwards, upside down. What the round fuck? Round. What a cipher. <laughs> it's like the Voynich manuscript. Right. You typed this with the and, Enigma machine. Alright. And you you your memory triggers and you look in your tome and you look at some of these and they they tell you things that you should have known about yourself and you didn't until now it tells you that you once knew how to do things that you no longer know but the memories are coming back to you you have the ability now to cast your mind back in time and witness one event that occurred in the past in your current location what up to one round oh that's sick that's crazy. Oh, oh that's so fucking you cool. You can borrow okay. time from the future now. These secrets have been unlocked and give one of your allies the quicken condition. Tacitus the around. time broker. Right. Oh. But more importantly, all of you, 
feel emboldened and empowered by this quest, and you are now level six. Hell yeah! And we'll figure out what that means for everybody when we come back next week. It's been so long. I know, it really has been. (laughs) There we go. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. It's been a hot minute. Roll for Intent uses trademarks and our copyrights owned by Paizo Inc. Used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. Roll for Intent is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, visit paizo.com. Original characters and storylines are the property of Roman Neville Productions. Music for this podcast was provided by Michael Gelfie. Flip Melvin and Tabletop Audio. Visit our website at rollforintent.com. Any questions or suggestions, email us at mailroom at rollforintent.com. Thank you for listening. <laughs>